you are in for a special treat. You know, we have a missionary here with us, um, uh, Andy or Andrew Pace, and his wife Stephanie, who's not here today, but Andrew's kind of flying solo today. And in just a minute, you get to hear have so introduce his entire family by way of video and pictures. And uh, but Andrew, um, family, uh, Lonnie and Becky Farmer are over here, and and, and and of course Abe, Abraham, you got the you got the you know everybody's here. So and uh, Abe and Becky Farmer, this is this is their long lost brother Andrew. And um, we had a work day yesterday, and uh, we had about 30 people here yesterday working, cleaning up outside, you know, and, and making the yard look beautiful. I pulled in, and Andrew Pace was out there working. And I was like, what are you doing? You're, you're our guest. He said, oh, man, I'm, you know, just working away. And I appreciate his ministry to us this weekend. And uh, he's going to come up here. He's going to talk about what God is doing in Peru. He's been in ministry for, in Peru for over 30 years. Grew up in Peru with his family, mom and dad. And, uh, and, and he is carrying the legacy of what's happening in Peru. So let's give it up. A warm, late point welcome for Andy Pace. Well, good morning. As he say, uh, as he said, my name is Andy or Andrew, and I am related to Abe, and it's Abe Pace and Becky Farmer. Just so we all know, that we're not anyway. There's uh, so we we have been in Peru for quite some time. I was born and raised way up in the Andes Mountains, and uh, and as Pastor said, continue the work that my parents uh, started way back when, and and it's been an honor to uh, to do just that for all this time. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Peru, but in order to do that, I, I would like to do a little game with us in here. But I have, a, I have something very important to say. If you were in here the first service, you can't participate. That's cheating. Okay? And because uh, Pastor already asked me, he goes, I'm going to win this time. <laughs> but uh, so have any of you ever played um, Kahoot? Yeah? Okay. We're going to do some Kahoot real quick uh, because there's always questions about what the country is like or whatever. So you need to just scan that code right there or go to kahoot.it on your phone real quick and uh, or just scan the code, put your name in there and the first 100 people or whoever um, that get in there, we have Jet. Who's Jet? Who's the first one in? Where's Jet? He was fast. <laughs> that was funny. All right, that's good. All right. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Start just coming in and I have some questions for you. And the way it works, if you've never played this before, is it's a, usually a true or false or a uh, multiple choice, multiple guess, whatever you want to call it. And all you have to do is on your phone, it'll come up with the, with the options. And you just push the answer that you think is correct. And it's going to go for both accuracy, if you did it right, and if you did it the fastest. So the fastest and the most accurate are the ones that get the win. And... You know where the Andes Mountains are? Obviously, they're in Peru, right? So whenever you see those Andes candies, I saw some out on your thing, and I brought some. I didn't steal these from over there. But the original Andes here, right now, I'm just kidding. Um, and, and we do have the Andes Mountains. And I have a gift for whoever's going to win this, the original Andes candies uh, from Walmart. But um, so, all right, we got a few people coming in. Good, 59. Ready? I'm going to count to 10 or backwards or whatever. Ready? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. Keep going in. I see a few people still working on it. 3, 2. Elias, if you win, that's not fair either. 
I'm just kidding. You can win. <laughs> All right, ready? We are going to start. So I learned that it gives you the title here, by the way. That was for my sake. Here we go. First question is, true or false, Peru borders Venezuela. You have that many seconds. And the answer is, oh, that's embarrassing. No, it's not. It does not border Venezuela. We do border almost all the other countries in South America, but not Venezuela. All right. Are there any Venezuelans in here? Right? No? Okay. Right. Oh, yes, that's great. No. Okay, and so we have, I don't know who that was, they didn't give their name. What is this world-famous dish consisting of uncooked fish marinated in lemon and onion juice? We got this. It's world-famous because it's really good to start with. And let me, get, let me just tell you, it's not kombucha. That stuff's nasty. Here. It's ceviche. How many got it? Have, how many of you ever had ceviche? It's good stuff, right? All right, here we have, who is this guy with the, who is this? Who's, who's in first place? Raise your hand. All right, no, nobody. All right, there's somebody. All right, next we have, in one word, what is the purpose of missions? In one word. verse for you. All these other words are really good, by the way. They're not, it's not necessarily wrong, but in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, he gives us kind of a summary of this whole thing. He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, I have the hope of Jesus Christ in my life because God saved me when I was just a little kid and he has given me that hope and he gives me joy and peace and so much more. But there's so many people, there are so many people in this world that simply do not hope, have hope. And there's not one single religion on this planet that offers the hope that Jesus Christ hopes, that gives. And so that is what we are trying to do. That is the purpose of missions. All right, let's keep going here. Paul, all right, taking over. And we have, true or false, Peru is considered a Christian nation. So the answer is true. It is considered a Christian nation, but I didn't ask you if it is a Christian nation. Very, very different. We're not a Muslim nation. We're not an, a Hindu nation. We're considered a Christian nation, and the traditional religion of Peru is considered a Christian religion. But 95 or more percent of Peruvians are still unsaved. And there's a danger in considering and calling a country like the United States. I mean, for many years it was called a Christian nation. And we all know there's a danger with that. And I'm going to talk about that in just a second. All right. Paul stays on top, and here we go. True or false? Driving in Lima, a city of 10 million people, is awesome. That's all I have to say. 
No, it's true. Come on, man. You, you know these, uh, these little roundabouts that you guys have in Michigan? Those are so lame, right, Abe? I mean, that, when you have three lanes of traffic and you actually have, no, three traffic lanes and you have six lanes of traffic flying at full speed into these, that is awesome, right? It's an adrenaline rush for some of us. All right, let's keep going. But that, that was my opinion, by the way. And we have, piranhas will attack you if you swim in the Amazon. No, they won't, actually. I've swam on the Amazon. Abe, have you swam on the Amazon? Yes. Swam on the Amazon. I water skied on the Amazon. There's a lot of motivation to stay on top of the water, but, but they don't attack unless you're bleeding. If you bleed, yeah, you need to get out of there in a hurry because he won't be quite the same. Wait. Right, here we go. And which of the following is not true about Peru? I just made that up. I don't know what a carrot capital is. Um, but all the other ones are true. We have the driest desert in the world, the five peaks over 20,000 feet tall, and the highest train pass in the world to this day. Pretty cool. But I don't know about the carrots. We are the potato capital of the world. Do you know how many potatoes are, variety of potatoes? Any guess, real quick? 27, 60. 6,000. It's between four and 6,000 variety of potatoes in Peru. Isn't that crazy? Anyway, next. Oh, Timothy. Who's Timothy? Is your hand, Timothy? Huh? No? Yeah? Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> All right. What are the dangers of calling Peru a Christian nation? Number one, gives a false sense of hope. Number two, Peruvians could pass into eternity thinking that they are saved. Number three, it could affect missionary accruement. Number four, each of these statements is true. Yes, each of those is true. It's actually a very dangerous thing to see. Because if I'm you know, feeling God's call to be a missionary and I hear a country is a Christian country, I'm like, well, I'm going to look for one that's not. But I know, and those of us that have been in Peru our lives, <laughs> you, you can walk all day and not find a real Christian in Peru. And so they need, we need to make sure we call it what it is. And the other side of it is Peruvians that think they are saved just like Americans that think they are saved and are not because all they have is this theory or concept or tradition, it's a very dangerous place to be. So pray that we would always tell the truth about where we are and who we are and what we need. That's what is important. All right, let's keep going here. A couple more, and Timothy's on top still. What is the end game of evangelism, the end game. Number one, that people would be saved. Number two, that people would be saved and baptized. Number three, saved people would go to church. And number four, that saved people would evangelize people who would be who would evangelize. It's a mouthful, but it is the fourth one here. It's not just about me going to Peru or you going to some other country or, or Ohio, and uh, and just 
you know, getting people, leading people to Christ. That is extremely important. You, can't, you have to start there. But they need them to, to have a biblical worldview. And that biblical worldview needs to translate into a world mission concept, which is your global concept, right? So what we're trying to do is get people that are saved now and transmit to them that passion to see other people saved and that those people then take the gospel to the next person as well. All right, so let's keep going. True or false, this is my grandson. Let me give you a hint. Yes, it is. All right, so. We still had two people say no. <laughs> I don't. It happened last time, too. <laughs> All right, in third place, we have Timothy. Where's Timothy? Uh, good job. Where is he? Oh, he's back behind there. <laughs> That's funny. All right, in second place, Matthias. Where are you, Matthias? Oh, good job. And Tay. Who's Tay? Where's Tay? Oh, right on the front row. Where? Where? Yes? All right, there you go. Original Andes candies from the Andes Mountains. Or aisle 10. <laughs> I want to share a little bit about my family. Um, so I, I love my wife. My wife, Stephanie, she, she's from North Dakota. She's actually in North Dakota right now enjoying the cold weather. And uh, we've been married for, for 30 years by God's grace. And I would say, I think my wife deserves a hand of, of applause. But anyway, we'll go from there. <laughs> so... God has given us uh, five beautiful kids and uh, a daughter-in-law. My son is the oldest. He married Alessia. And uh, get that next picture up there of Jason and Alessia. They live in central Florida. And they have our first little grandson and are waiting for our, are expecting our second grand, our granddaughter actually coming up in March. So, yes, we'll be back at some point next, week, next year. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so they've been, and he's got a, they've got a job there in, uh, where he uh, has a little business there in central Florida. And then we have a daughter, Alyssa, who is a registered nurse. She actually works uh, in the, burn, the ICU burn unit at Winston-Salem Wake Forest Hospital. So if you think about my daughter, pray for my daughter. That's a, I've heard some horrific stories about what she has to deal with in that nurse, but God has called her to do that. We have a daughter, Raquel, who is at Emmaus Bible College in Dubuque, Iowa. And this is her senior year. Not sure exactly how God's going to use her, but she's a great, a great person that God's, I know that God's going to use her some way um, in, on the, maybe even on the mission field. Who knows? And then I have two younger daughters, Michaela and Brianna. Uh, the age gap there is about eight years, still same wife. But uh, Michaela is 12 and Brianna is 14. And they're with us in Peru. The, so the, none of the other kids made the cut. I have a little prayer card. I would love for you to pick one of those up there on the little, uh, in that little sta uh, stage back in the back. Please pick one of those up. Pray for my family. And uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, we have a goal in Peru. And that goal simply, by the way, that was, a, that was my, uh, let me back that up. I love that picture. It's our, uh, what do you call it, Laura Ingalls Wilder picture? Anyway, um, but that's, that's the whole family. Um, but we do have a goal in Peru. And our goal in Peru is that Peruvians would reach the world for the, for the Jesus Christ. So it's that Peru would become a world missions epicenter by 2050. I think it'll be about 78 when that happens. Um, but that is our dream. That is our goal that Peruvians would then be launched around the world. It's crazy, because Peruvians can go places that you and I cannot go. They're known for Machu Picchu, really incredible ruins uh, from the Incas, and also they're known for really good food. 
but they don't have all the political baggage that sometimes we Americans, when we come to a country, they're like, oh, you're from the United States. You're the, you, you believe that. You vote this way or whatever. That so well known. But Peruvians are not known for that. So they can go places, literally. Their passports are accepted in places that ours are not. So we want to raise up a new army that would send and go around the world. And it's actually happening. One of my wife's first students, when, she, when we started uh, 27 years, started the school 27 years ago, she is now a missionary in a closed block country using a pseudonym because she can't use her regular name. And she's a Peruvian girl supported by Peruvian, uh, Peruvian families, Peruvian churches working in the Middle East. And that's what we are trying to accomplish. And I could, I could, and God is good. And, and there are many more stories like that, not just with what we are doing, but Peru, it's becoming that. But I want to show you a quick video of what we have been using to make this, uh, at least our part of it, happen in Peru. seems to be strategically positioning our Peruvian colleagues to take the gospel to creative access countries around the globe, which inspires us to equip Peruvian believers to become missionaries around the world and generously sustain the missions movement. We would see Peru become a world missions epicenter by 2050. Our overriding thrust is to empower Peruvians to preach where Christ is not yet named. This task requires investment in Christian education and strategic church planting movements. La Molina Christian Schools, since 1997, continues to train hundreds of children to have a biblical worldview, which is essential for creating a world missions movement. of Sol de la Molina is a family of families that is serving the surrounding community and investing in worldwide missions. Vida Nueva is part of an expanding network of forward-thinking, reproductive churches that embraces the vision to see Peru become a world missions epicenter. New Life in Lima, an English ministry aimed at reaching the growing expatriate community, is serving as a platform to empower this mobile community to take their faith to their next international post.
see? The unprecedented impact Peru may have on the world depends on the effectiveness of Christian education of the upcoming generations to ignite a thriving network of missions-minded churches. We are here to fan that flame. Peru is our base of operations. The world is our mission field. At the beginning, uh, what is the purpose in one word? And that is to offer hope to Jesus, uh, of Jesus Christ, that hope to as many people as we can possibly do. And that's what we're trying to do. And, and a lot of times it gets a little complicated. And anybody know where this is? Yes, it's Lake Erie. And uh, Lake, that's not in Peru, by the way. <laughs> that's the road here. But a, a few months ago, back in June, uh, my brother and I, Abe, and our other brother, Steve, we decided to go sail from Cleveland all the way up to Lake St. Clair, St. Clair, whatever that one up here is, right? And, and it was a great idea. But turns out Lake Erie can go from this, and there's, this is my brother, and there's the next picture here is just us, you know, having a good old time. And then just a few minutes later, with the sky looking like that, it turned to this. And um, we prayed a lot, <laughs> very quietly. Um, I had taken drama on me, nobody else had. I was the only one that didn't get sick. Um, but uh, it was insane. And God protected us. He really did. And a lot of things, it's a long story, but a lot of things that God has used from that to teach me personally about the hope even through suffering. And that hope that we have in Jesus Christ can happen for anybody. And usually when they're suffering, that's when they're the most willing to accept that hope. And when we were in the storm, we needed hope. But also, over the last few years in Peru, it has been the toughest, the, some of the worst things have happened. Peru had one of the highest death rates in COVID, 10% death rate. Our policies, and you guys had some pretty yucky policies here, ours were way worse and intense and they turned the culture against each other, way worse than anywhere I've heard of or seen here in the United States. And then on top of that, my sister passed away, my dad passed away, all in this little time. And, and to tell you the truth, and when we got back to the States on this furlough, I was done. My wife and I were both done. We were like, we're done? We're, you know, they can, they can save themselves if they need to. And, and we were really in a hurting place. And God has used many things over the next, over the past few months. But one of them actually happened right here in this church. And uh, I want to take you back to uh, No Excuse Sunday. How many of you were here on No Excuse Sunday? Right? Good. That was good. Some of you didn't make it. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Um, but during that time, uh, we, we had a little story, right? We heard a little story. And the story is this story right here, if I can remember, of Jesus talking to this guy um, who could not move, and he'd been this way for 38 years, and he was suffering. And when Jesus comes up to him, almost cruelly says, or it sounds like, he's like, so, you want to get healed? I was like, well, that's kind of rude. Why would you ask somebody in this particular condition if they want to be healed? And he gave the excuse. He's like, oh, nobody's here to help me. I can never get there, you know. And, and the pool, when it gets doing this pool thing, gets, um, you know, whatever, disturbed, an angel, or whatever that thing is, you know, I never can make it, you know. 
And I remember your pastor just asked, what is your excuse? Because that was his excuse. But apparently he didn't know who he was talking to, right? Let me tell you another quick story. This next picture, you may recognize it. Anybody been here? Mall of America in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, you walk in there, they have like a miniature Disneyland or Disney World inside the mall. It's massive, right? So I took my whole family one time and I, we were like, let's go do this and, and let's go to this little kiosk to buy our little tickets to go into this thing. And I go to the kiosk, it's like 80 bucks a person. I'm like, I have five kids. That's a lot of money. So, the, I mean, there's seven of us. We're not going to pay 80 bucks times seven, whatever that is. I need someone to figure that one out for me. But anyway, um, I'm not going to do that. So I'm sitting there at the little kiosk thing there. I'm like trying to figure out. And then it turns out you could buy little, one little ticket to do this and one little ticket to do that. I was like, that's still like 35 bucks a person. I'm like, oh. And some dude walks up to me. He's just got a plain shirt on, jeans. He walks up and he goes, can I help you with that? No identification or anything. And I'm like, no, it's okay. Well, I'm just trying to figure this thing out. It's embarrassing. You know, everybody else is just buying the little, the little bands, you know. Well, he goes, well, let, let, me, let me help you. You want to come over here? So I still don't know why I follow this guy into this deep, dark dungeon. No, it was just his office right over there. He goes into this office, walks up, and he takes seven of these wristbands, and he slaps them on all seven of us. And he goes, this one's on us. And I was like, what? You know, and I still don't know. I don't know if he stole the bands. I have no idea who that guy was. But he put, us on, put on all of us, and, and we goofed around, played around that, that, that whole day. It was, it was a lot of fun. But apparently, I didn't know who I was talking to. I didn't know. And so I went from having to, thinking I was going to have to pay 600, 700 bucks, whatever that was, to paying nothing. And we had a good time. But it's because I didn't know who I was talking to at that point. And I've thought of that many times. And then as I walk through with you guys in this, and you guys, nobody knew me at the time, you know, sitting there with my brother, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, that's exactly where I'm at. I have no idea who I'm talking to because I was complaining to God personally. I was complaining, why is it not working out in Peru? Why do we have so much funds that we have to raise? Why do we have this? And why did, why did that have to happen? And why don't you provide for our school the way we need? Why don't you do these things? And I was looking, literally looking for people to help us solve the problems. I'm going to find, maybe I can find, uh, maybe I can get in touch with Elon Musk. That would be helpful. You know, you know and I'm looking around. And, and I wish I could tell you all the story. But Jeremiah, 7, uh, Jeremiah 17, by the way, look at that passage. Jeremiah verses 5 to 7. He talks about, you depend on human flesh, strength of human, you're going to be like a desert. And he says, but you depend on me, and I'll show you what I can tell you, and I can do for you. And God used the, this message at this church to help me stop and realize I need to know who I'm talking to because really it's all about what God wants from you. Missions, local or global, is really not about doing all the work and buying all the stuff and giving all. The, those are all very important things. But if you're wondering why can't I do this or I, I, this is my excuse for this and I have no money to do this and I, my parents would never let me do that. Maybe my husband doesn't know about what he won't be agree with. And, and you, you're going all these excuses and God simply says in verse, uh, in, in Roman, I'm sorry, in Psalm 1611, he answers this question of who are you talking to? And the Psalm 1611 says, you, God, will make known to me the path of life. Doesn't that sound like the will of God? The path of life? 
You don't know what to do? He says, you will show me the path of life, but, look at the next two phrases, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. In your presence. Are you in God's presence? And then last one, at your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. Everything that you need, all that joy, all that hope, all that pleasure that you need, that God wants you to have and wants me to have. He says, that's where you, you will find it next to me and I'll take care of what you're supposed to do. You make sure, and I need to make sure I just come back to him. There's that verse in, in Revelation 3.20, I believe it says that Jesus is standing at the door of my life and he's knocking. And I... I'm kind of like a, one of those guys that I got to do stuff. So I'm probably inside. I can picture myself inside the house getting stuff all cleaned up, you know, getting everything ready to go. And Jesus is like, just let me in. I just want to have supper with you. I just want to sit down with you. But Lord, I'm getting ready for a while. And, and just, I, I, don't, I can't open the door right now because I still have to do this, that, and the, and the other. And I don't know where you are. But I can tell you, mission starts when your pleasure is found in God when your joy is found in the presence of God. And that is my challenge for you today. Thank you so much for your time. May God bless you. Man, I love that. I, you know, the, the, there may be some of you here today, maybe a young person. You know, it was me when I was... Uh, you know, a young kid, a young guy going to a mission conference at my church that God did the work in my life about what that means to go mission. And I had all the excuses. I had all the excuses. You know, I can't hear nobody. You know, I, I, I talk funny. I talk like, you know, you know I, I speak with a with British accent, you know, and and, uh, you know, I had all the excuses. I said, you know, I'm not qualified. And, um, but yeah, I felt that God still push on my heart. Maybe, maybe there's someone here. You know, that God is, do, God is doing in your heart. You're hearing the stories from, from Andrew Pace. You're hearing what you're, you're seeing the videos. Next weekend, you're going to see more stuff. Maybe God is speaking to you about getting off your mat. Getting off your mat, pick it up, and follow after Jesus. Quit making an excuse. We're going to pray over Andrew. Man, God is using him, his family. You know, he mentioned his dad passing away last year, and he's still carrying the mantle. You know, the, the foundation that your parents, your mom is still down there in her 70s. Could have come home. But she said, no, home is Peru. That's her home. And she's lived there all her life. And, and, and Andy, is, you know, and Stephanie is still pursuing the mission that God had put him there. Until God tells him to go elsewhere, that's where God has him. And so you as a church, we, we need to be praying for Andrew Pace, Stephanie Pace. And what they're doing, and we saw the video, it's incredible, right? What they're doing. Yeah, we'll be praying for them. Lift them up. Get the prayer cards. You know, grab a prayer card as you leave. Get an Andy's mint. Every time you go to Olive Garden, 
Did you get an Annie's man? You know what that means? I love that. That's a great little, that's a great little reminder. Oh, there's a guy named Andy in Peru that I need to be praying for. And then praying for this family. And uh, so, you know, uh, let's lift them up in prayer. And we're going to do this right now. I'm going to pray over Andrew. And um, I want you to pray with me. And then as God uses him and continue to do the ministry, him and his family in Peru. God, we thank you for Andrew. We thank you for what you're doing in his life. We thank you for the mission that you have called him to. We thank you for his obedience. And God, I know it's sometimes not easy. Sometimes it's tough and it's challenging. But God, I pray that you should keep helping him to stay faithful to the mission that you've called him to. Be with his wife, Stephanie, and the, and the kids that are down there still. And it was going to continue to be with his family and his mom as he still continues to do the mission. And so God, I just pray that you would lift them up to keep moving forward, to not quit, you know, when things get tough, but to keep being faithful to you. And God, maybe there's someone here today that's inspired, that's inspired by what they've heard today. Maybe you're beginning to do a work in their hearts to be missionary. Maybe it'd be more of a missionary right here. Maybe it's a missionary somewhere else, wherever that is. God, I pray that you begin to work in that person's heart and that they begin to act in obedience to the calling that you put on their heart. And so, God, we thank you for Andrew and Stephanie. May, they, may God continue to bless many years ahead of their faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.